You're listening to Bowls Australia's official podcast, The Right Line, rolling you through the latest from the world of bowls. Subscribe now via your favourite podcast app. Hello and welcome to The Right Line, Bowls Australia's official podcast. Val Ferbo here with you, taking you through all things bowls. And we do have a massive show lined up. We've got BA President Bob Borman to join us. And we've also got board member and Jackaroo Genevieve Delves to join us on the show as well. But before we get to any of that, we do have our three panellists that do make this show what it is. And that is, uh, well, one of those is the one and only ringside Clive himself. Clive Adams, how are you? Great, Val. Can't wait for the show. We've got uh, we've gone to the top, haven't we? So we uh, we can't wait to to delve into uh, everything Ooh. that's going on at uh, at Bowls Australia. I like what you did there. Yes, I like what yes. you did. That was very very nice, Carla Krasanik. I actually got to see Carla in person today. It was very nice. How are you? Yeah, it was great, wasn't it, Val? Yep. Finally seeing each other in person after weeks of, you know, looking at each other on a screen. So mm. it was nice to see you. Um, yeah, and I'm doing well. And, um, yeah, lots of action happening down at Sunbury with the disability trials. So, yeah, good to see you down there and looking forward to today's chat. Yes, we are back on uh, virtual terms now, though. So, um, <laughs> so <laughs> that's okay. We got that little glimpse and that was okay. And uh, Lindsay Clark joins us as well. How are you, Linz? Back in Queensland. I'm very... Yes, back in sunny Queensland, although it's actually raining, been pouring (laughs) for the last couple of days, but I've definitely thawed out uh, since my little trip to Tassie and uh, yeah, always love obviously getting back home to the Gold Coast, Uh, whether it is raining or not, it's still nice and warm. So no, it's very good. I've had a relaxing week. Very nice. That sounds great. But yeah, we have been here at uh, Club Sunbury yesterday and today doing the uh, the HP para trials. Um, so you had, um, what was it, Queensland, South Australia and all, all around barring the lepers that we are in New South Wales and uh, and Victoria. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so very, very excited to see all the guys and girls do, do what they do best. And it's been great to watch. But yeah, very, very cold outside today. I know Carla doesn't think so, but um, it has been. <laughs> um, so yeah, Gary Willis out there in, uh, in shorts. I'm not sure how he He's doing it. He doesn't look too happy, but it's um it's been great to watch. Uh, but before we get uh, well, before uh, without further ado, I guess is uh, is Bowls Australia's president has been good enough to join us, Bob Borman. Bob, thank you very much for joining us on the show. How are you? I'm fine, and thank you for inviting me. I'm looking forward to it. Well, we're very much looking forward to having you on the show, and congratulations! You've just been re-elected as president for uh, for another year. Congratulations. Um, how how did you find the first year in the role? Well, it was busy. It was busier than I uh, probably expected. And, um, you know, I'd been on the board for a few years and uh, and uh, sort of thought I had a fairly good grip of what was going on. But uh, even though COVID was around and we couldn't travel um, as much as we wanted to, uh, and the board couldn't meet together uh, that many times, um, there was still lots going on, just managing the COVID arrangements in the States, um, you know, dealing with a new high performance set up and, and dealing with those appointments. So, yeah, no, busy first year. I've really enjoyed it, actually. So, Bob, for those of our listeners um, that haven't maybe met you before in person or don't know too much about you, can you give us a bit of a rundown of your professional background and uh, potentially uh, how that makes you such a great president for Bowls Australia? Oh, well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep it so that no one really knows me very well. <laughs> <laughs> Incognito. Famous bowler, or too much else, I don't think. But um, I, I, you know, I've I've got a background. I spent a lot, a fair bit of time, twenty three years in the public service in South Australia. 
more in administration and, and, and work to do with the administration of construction contracts. And then since then, another 40 odd years in the private sector. So, you know, and run a bit major construction companies. Um, I have a management qualification, so I'm not an engineer, uh, but I've got used to running big projects. I consulted to the government on the BER, the famous BER in South Australia. I uh, pretty well ran that. Um, and now these days I consult on projects. We have some of our own companies. So that, that's me, a bit of a mixed bag. And did you ever, ever see yourself in the BA presidency role? No, you know, if I, was, I think if I'm really honest, I've always thought it'd be great uh, to do that. Um, I was president of my own bowling club, the Adelaide Bowling Club, for five years. I was on the board of Bowls SA for two. And I just was really keen to get into having some influence over all the bowls in Australia. Nigel Smith encouraged me to join the board. Um, and then I got the opportunity to put my hand up as president. So I've done a fair apprenticeship, I think, even though most people <laughs> don't know my name, which is all, all good. You're obviously very passionate about bowls. I mean, you can't really be if you can't not be passionate if you're the president. But so how did you actually get into bowls? Where did you start? And tell us about your bowling days and what you love about the sport. Well, I've just come back from this morning. We, we set up a, a little two bowl uh, triples comp for seniors at the Adelaide Bowling Club. We've just had six week pilot. So I'm still, still out there. I still love the game. But my mum and dad both played. Uh, Dad played at uh, Adelaide and my mum, because Adelaide was a men's only club in those days, um, in 1980 when I started, um, mum played at Sturt. So I grew up in a Bowls family and I started going out and then I started playing and uh, they started watching me. So I I played a few games in our top team at Adelaide, which was pretty hard to get into that team in those days. And I played uh, over the years, had a bit of a break in the middle when uh, the kids were growing up and... It wasn't fair on Laura having, having three kids and me at bowls all my life. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, but I still love playing. I still play at a reasonable grade. Um, I inflicted myself on um, Clive uh, during the Australian Open. We had fun. God help him. We've heard, uh, Cli- we've heard, uh, we've heard uh, you carried the team, Bob. <laughs> well, that wasn't uh, certainly not the case. <laughs> we, we had some fun. I can say that. We certainly did, and, and you played some good ones, Bob. So don't uh, don't sell yourself short. There, it was uh, it was good fun. Hey, um, what what do you think's been perhaps the biggest challenge in the role? And I, you you might say COVID and doing things remotely, but uh, what's what's been the biggest challenge? And perhaps what's something that surprised you in the role? Um, well, you know, the biggest challenge and the thing that surprised me in a way were the same thing. And uh, this is might be controversial, but. Um, the biggest challenge is to get all of the states in Australia to face in the same direction. They have a common purpose about the development of the game. Um, and um, so, you know, I was determined to spend more more time, I don't spend a hell of a lot of time on it, but more time talking to the presidents of the other states. Would have been good to go and see them more often uh, and to try and understand where they're up to. Bowls Australia doesn't want to run the state's bowls. You know, the states all are different and they run their own bowls. But to see the big issues in the game, the great evolution of um, social bowlers, barefoot bowlers, and to try and find find ways of keeping encouraging them so that some will come and play the more formal game. So the challenge has been, and, and I have to say in most cases, 
that's been that's been really good. We've got some excellent people in the states, um, and we've got a very cohesive group. We share a lot of, of those people are now on our, our subcommittees of the board. Uh, we still have some differences, and I, you know, I have to say, you know, the state of Queensland is is still um, somewhat somewhat um, different. Uh, they tend to do more of their own things. That's not a criticism; it's just a fact. And I keep talking to Peter and uh, his team to see whether we can bridge those gaps and find ways that we can all work together. So that's that's the big deal. I think that's a great um, talking point as well there, Bob. Like I know a lot of our players in Queensland potentially uh, can maybe miss out on some of the great concepts and initiatives that BA are putting out there. So if if we can somehow make it a great balance between what the state want and what BA want and what we can you know mutually provide each other, I think you know we're where we all want to be on the same path. We want to develop the game. We want to be um, strong on a, a performance front as well. I think our state team, you know, I'm a very passionate Queenslander, so I yeah. want our state, yeah, I want our state team to be the best. So I feel like, um, you know, if we can get more opportunities for our, our state players that maybe they miss out on sometimes by by doing their own thing, that would be really good. Um, but, yeah, I just, I'm interested to know as well, just going back to your journey to the, the BA presidency, how much of your time does it take up? And if, you know, any of our listeners out there um, tuning in, maybe have a desire to get involved in this uh, space, in, in wanting to help in some way, what would it take and, and what do you get out of it? Um, okay, that's a good question because um, it, it depends what sort of person you are as well, I think, Lindsay. Um, I, I'm the sort of person who uh, has ideas. I'm, I'm pretty driven. That, that's not always good. Uh, that, that's just how I am. So, <laughs> so I want to see things change. I want the game to be faster and I want the game to, you know, I want us to have more and more um, uh, uh, people who play informally as well as formally. I love our high-performance group um, and the way they're going. So so it t- does take time. And um, Neil and I will probably talk every day, um, sometimes more than once, Some sometimes, you know, every two or three days. Neil is a fantastic CEO. I know he's been there 14 years or so, but he understands everything about bowls. So, so um, I spend a fair bit of time, and he, he is great because he asks me things, and I have a view. And there's lots of things to have a view about if we're going to change um, and if we're going to uh, keep improving the game. So I think but people shouldn't be afraid of that. I mean, you know, the board members spend some time as well. Uh, um, I think all of the board members are employed, uh, as I still am, or self-employed, but I still do work, surprisingly enough, probably should stop doing it. <laughs> so um, we, uh, uh, we we just, we've got the painters at home. We, we <laughs> have two guest painters. No, no, you're fine. Do it across the set or something. Uh, so, yeah, so, no, uh, but, uh, Lindsay, the main point is people should want to get involved, you know, and have ideas and challenge people like me and not just sit back in there on their own board or in their own bowling club going, oh, what about BA, you know? Well, ring me up. Everyone's got my phone number. Just ring me up. Uh, happy to have a chat. So, Love what- it. We might, we might have to promote that to uh, all our listeners. Bob, you might get a few phone calls coming in. <laughs> okay, well, well um, I, my phone's always on. Sometimes that's a bit annoying, but... <laughs> you know, I, I don't want anyone in Australia to think you can't 
have a chat with. I've talked to people that found me, um, you know, and I involve Neil usually and so forth. So if, I'm sure there'd be more interesting people for them to talk to, but I'm <laughs> down the end of the line there somewhere. Yeah, no, we, we've loved um, having you at, at the events as well, at BPLs, Australian Opens, and you're definitely very approachable and I'm sure you'll get lots of people come up and chat to you now you've put yourself out there. <laughs> uh, thank you, Lindsay. Um, and, Bob, what have the challenges been with COVID for you? Coming in um, a year ago, um, we thought maybe we might be we might be seeing the back end of it, but it's been kind of another tumultuous year with the pandemic. What have the challenges been for you and the board? Well, I think um, one of the things is to be fair with the states too. Um, states have made concessions in terms of affiliation fees, for example, and we've tried to match that as well. So, you know, part of it is, is how fair can can everyone be? How how can we help each other to, um, to, to you know, compensate for losses and so forth? So, so that's been uh, one challenge. Of course, the other obvious challenge is events that, that we had planned and all you people would have been, uh, maybe not you, Val, but the other three, we would have been involved in, um, in playing have had to be deferred. And, and I think the challenge for, our, you know, all of us, but the high-performance team is how do you keep, keep sharp and you keep focused when you can't actually go and play too much. And, and if I can say this, the challenge is really real right now. Um, in South Australia, for example, there's a big question about unvaccinated bowlers and are we going to play our pennant games um, with uh, uh, both uh, people? So, um, you know, they're really hard decisions because the question of fairness and acceptance of, of differences uh, there. But they're the sort of issues that COVID has presented and uh, we, we just need to keep dealing with them sensibly, getting good advice. That's what we do. Bob, I think that's been uh, an issue for the staff as well, hasn't it, at Bowls Australia, is keeping keeping staff motivated when they've been doing a lot of work from home, not seeing each other as much. Um, obviously, the, the, the regional bowls manager team are probably used to being a bit more on their own out in the field, but a lot of them have been um, trying to work with clubs from home as well. And whilst I'm sure everyone's been doing a great job, it's uh, it's been a big challenge. Oh, no, there's no doubt about it, Clive, and no one better knows that than you do, of course. Um, the staff have all worked from home remotely. Some of them still do that. Um, Neil has been not able to have everyone around him as he would normally. So, yeah, I mean, but I, I think it's all gone pretty well. Uh, you know, maybe it'll bring some phone calls. But, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I just think that, Everyone realises these are not easy times and the future is going to be challenging. And, you know, if we, if, we, if we sort of go back in our hole and have a whinge and feel sorry for ourselves in Australia, that, that, that won't help us. So it's, it's finding young, young people like you guys to find answers, uh, overcome uh, real problems um, and uh, keep moving forward. Bob, now that, fingers crossed, COVID is um, sort of sorting itself out, maybe, hopefully, uh, what are you most looking forward to, I guess, in the next 12 months? Is there any particular events you want to get to or or anything in the bowls calendar that you're most looking forward to? Well, um, the most obvious thing, you know, is the Commonwealth Games. I mean, you know, it happens so rarely and, um, you know, I'm, I'm just so, I'll say this genuinely, I'm so pleased that we've got our uh, three 
people leading our high performance team. You know, I've had I have a really excellent relationship with Gary, um, and that that was you know a big deal appointment that we put some time into, um, and to and to get Karen and Beck as those three hugely experienced people um, working with our high-performance team. That's one really exciting thing is in the Games next year, you know, and I've, I've timed it beautifully so that my presidency runs just past the Commonwealth Games. So <laughs> well done. They'll find a seat at the back for me somewhere, I'm assuming. <laughs> but um, so Commonwealth Games and, and all the things leading up to that and all the training and the camps and the stuff, oh, I'm going to turn up at one uh, just maybe I'll learn something in the in, in January when the, um, the squads are there. So uh, that the the other thing that I'm really looking forward to is the is the development and Lindsay's one of them the development of the uh, pathways coaching system. I always felt we were missing. I think young people coming up through bowls really didn't have a clue where how does it work. Now you know we've got squads in every state. You know, we've got pathways now that the Commonwealth can recognise and we can recognise. So there are two really good things coming up. Bob, um, just to go back, sorry, a little bit again, we talk about uh, the people in our in our HP uh, team, but also on your board, we've just had the recent addition to Jen Dells. She's going to be next on our, on our show. Mm -hmm. um, we've got a lot of questions for her. How exciting is it to have someone with her um, knowledge and now some background and uh, freshness, I guess, to add to your board? Are you excited about her um, addition to the team? Oh, of course. Um, it, it, I just should say, it should probably seem a bit weird, but we now have six women and three men running bowls in Australia, and I, I think that's great. It doesn't, you know, it's it doesn't bother me. It, it, you know, the main thing is to get people with skills and enthusiasm and time and so forth. So Jen put a hand up, got elected elected by the states, which is which is really good, good effort. Um, and um, I. You know, we've had her induction to the board only uh, earlier this week, uh, which which was great. Um, she'll bring a whole different way of looking at things. I mean, she's not just a good bowler. You know, she's got a lot of um, very down-to-earth experiences, and I think that's always good value um, on the board. So, yeah, I'd bring it on. I think it'd be great. <laughs> No, we are very excited to have Jen on the show to talk about her journey in bowls as well. But um, also women in bowls, Bob, uh, as you mentioned, there's six on the board now, six women, and it, it's great. And we're seeing the participation rates rise for women in bowls, and it's something that we're focusing on uh, greatly. How much how much focus has the board put into that over your time? Well, it's it's really um, only been in the last about 12 months, 12 to 18 months that I've been uh, president, because I became president in June, you know, or something yeah. like that, the previous year. Um, and there's no doubt about it. The, the, the thing that to focus on the um, the situation about women in bowls is is really good value. Um, but but it's it's also understanding that the, that women find themselves in a different environment in every state. So so the opportunity for in South Australia we have open gender at the highest level. So if you, you know if you if you're good enough, you can play in our top uh, pennant competition every Saturday. Um, in other states, you can't do that. You know, I think New South Wales has been separated, and I think Queensland, and I and I think um, Western Australia. So so 
trying to get those simple, I say simple things done, open gender competition, um, you know, a better representation of women on bowling club boards, you know, you know, and all of that are really important. And that's what that committee that Jess Chapman is chairing looks after. But I just want to say one thing that's, I think, really encouraging, and that is that if you look at, uh, in, in South Australia has night owls. It's a, it's a social, organised social bowls that about 9,000 people play every week. Um, the majority of those are women. Okay, they play uh, at about six o'clock for about three hours in their little teams of four. Now, now that tells us something that that women have got part of the problem with all of us is the time we play bowls. We play bowls at the worst time for most families. You know, Saturday afternoon. God help us. And we are. You know, look, you've got to be encouraged by the rapidity of our development. It's only taken us 143 years or something to work out that there's nothing wrong with playing out in the sun on a Saturday afternoon. How crazy is that? You know, we're still doing what the first tribe did back in God knows when. So uh, women in bowls is important. Men in bowls is important too. Kids in bowls is important. Um but we've got to look at why these things are happening, and I think that's what that growth will do really well. So it's totally simple. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, Bob, you're on the money because I was I was out at a uh, Jack Attack session just last night in uh, here in WA, and it was it was just people that have discovered our sport having fun on a Wednesday night. Dropping a few balls close to the jack, and and uh, you know they're keeping score, but they don't care that much about the score. They're just out there enjoying enjoying the uh, the game, and it's great to see. And of course, uh, we encourage anyone that wants to run those social programs, um, whether it's the night house program that you mentioned, whether it's Jack Attack, of course, talk to your regional bowls managers, and they can help you to uh, organise those uh, those events. Of course. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I'm I'm really excited by it, and the more we can organise. This sounds terrible. The, the way we, more than we can organise the informal game, you know, to have like night houses goes for 18 weeks. And you put your little team in, you turn up every night, they all have their own crazy uniforms, they have a few drinks, we give them tea, they pay their 10 bucks. Those people pay almost as much as pennant bowlers do, but there's a whole different atmosphere. The, the females out there, and the women that they love it as much as the men, so I think there's a there's a message there for everybody. There definitely is. It's um, fantastic initiatives run by Bowls Australia around the country and the Night Owls Jack Attack. It's fantastic. Participation is rising. Uh, Bob, before we do let you go, when are we catching up for some ribs again? Because uh, back in Pine Rivers uh, at the at the restaurant. Um, yeah, I think you allowed me to finish half of yours as well afterwards, and I was feeling sick. I was concerned for the... about your consumption ability, Val. <laughs> I am you know, it- Italian and Croatian, so there's got to be some sort of um, increased stomach volume there with with how much. It may but... well be, but, but I can tell you, when I was 40, I was pretty skinny. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out. Watch yeah, out, Val. You think you're fine until 
suddenly you realise you're not. <laughs> and then the knees are stuffed and everything else doesn't work. So, you know, you have to wish you didn't do it. Yeah, no, I, trust me, <laughs> I'm still wishing I didn't do it. The next day I was um, I was uh, struggling. I think we saw each other that night. Clive and I were sitting there doing our um, our stuff rinkside and um, you came up, asked if I was okay, and I said no. Um, <laughs> I was, it, was, it was a good effort. I'll, I'll pat myself on the back there. But, Bob Borman, you've done an amazing job as president for your first year and the second year, I'm sure, no doubt will be will be exactly the same. You've been fantastic for the sport. You've uh, you're doing an amazing job, and uh, we can't wait to catch up with you in person very very soon. So thank you very much for joining us here on the right line. Uh, thanks for having me, guys, and and uh, keep up what you're doing. I think it's great for the game. So another good thing. BA President Bob Borman there joining us on the right line. Great to have such good access to um, to our higher-ups here at BA. We've, we've had Neil, we've had Daryl Clout from World Bowls, now we've had Bob. We are, we are getting the big guns. What did you guys take from that? Oh, I think it was really cool to have Bob on and, and see how openly he spoke to, to us and our uh, listeners. I think the fact that he's put himself out there, that if anyone has any questions, never be worried about bringing that forward to him in any way or, or through your clubs via States to Bowls Australia. Um, another great thing I think he he sort of, well, we touched on was um, how he was trying to unite our states to co- the common purposes that BA are out there trying to do. So um, whether that be participation and growth, um, aligning our high performance programs and, um, you know, the coaching of uh, our young ones through the game and, uh, you know, so many different opportunities that BA provide. And I know up here in Bowles, Queensland, we do our own thing a little bit of the time and that's very successful as well. But if we can somehow combine some of our resources and, and utilise that strong um, chain of connection with everyone, Body, I think it'll be great for for the sport in the long run, and you know our states can still do things they love to do. But I think that yeah, the common um, themes there are really good to highlight, and if we can all get on board, that'd be great. Yep, agreed, one hundred percent, Lindsay. I think you should be you should be the spokesperson for everything. <laughs> Speak so Is that well because I can talk a lot. <laughs> articulate, you just get everything out. It's beautiful. Well done. Um, I reckon we should leave it at that for this segment. We've got Genevieve Dells coming up after this on the right line. And remember, you can follow Bowls Australia on all social media platforms. We're on Twitter at Bowls Australia, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram at Bowls Australia, Facebook, YouTube, whatever you want to follow us on, we are there. Plenty more still to come on the right line. Fast, fun and for everyone. Bowls Australia's social bowls program, Jack Attack, is like barefoot bowls but better. Jack Attack is the perfect way for beginners to get into bowls, with the short and sharp format suitable for people of all ages. Head to jackattack.com.au for more information. This is The Right Line. Val Febo, Lindsay Clark, Clive Adams and Carla Krasanik joining you on BA's official podcast. Remember, you can subscribe on all your favourite uh, podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts from. We are there. and We did have Bob Borman on the show in the last segment. Big, th- big thank you to him for joining us. And we do have Bowls Australia's newest board member, Genevieve Dulles, who is also a jackaroo. She's the jack of all trades. Uh, Jen, thank you very much for joining us on the show. Thanks, Val. How are you going, mate? Very, very well. Congratulations on your appointment to the BA board. Uh, how are you feeling about it and um, how's the excitement? It's really good. It's just a new challenge. Like I've always been never shy of, you know, just trying new things and um, especially if it's in an area where I sort of feel like I might be a positive contribution. Um, yeah, always always happy to stick my hand up. And the reason for your candidacy? Well, strangely enough, I was actually encouraged to um, apply for it. Uh, probably going back, you know, if you sort of asked me four or five months ago whether I was considering it, I would have positively said no. 
Um, but once I sort of sat down and had to think about it, uh, you know, I sort of look at my my career experience over the last 20 years and the roles that I've been in, and there's probably quite a few different transferable skill sets that I'd probably find quite useful to a board. Um, yeah, so so basically that and just learning a little bit about the direction that Bowls Australia are, are heading in in the terms of diversity and inclusion, you know, little challenges that might be along the way with, um, you know, Commonwealth Games and all that sort of stuff. I thought it might, you know, have another bowler's head on there. It, it can't be a bad thing. So, Jen, before we get into your very um, experienced life history, tell us a little bit about the board election process. So we heard Bob was on just uh, before telling us you were elected by the state bodies. Can you uh, talk us through how, how it worked from the start initial process to how it finished up? Yeah, basically it was just a an, an initial application process. So, you know, the paperwork was there for anyone could have have applied, any bowler could have applied. Um, yeah, so I put my application process in. You obviously had to be nominated. And from there, it was just basically putting, you know, your election in the trust of the states. The state, you know, the states and territories were the ones who, you know, made the made the nomin made the vote. And yeah, fortunately I yeah, just just skidded over the line. Jen, you, you come into the role with, um, you know, quite a history in different areas. And um, what, what, do you have a particular focus that you uh, have come onto the board with? Is there a particular area that you, you've got a particular passion for or a particular focus on? I think, like everyone, you know, your, your bowls really, I, I think, are trying to concentrate on uh, probably making the sport more accessible, especially for, you know, women who work. Um, I'm really passionate about, you know, getting the participation numbers up. And I guess where I probably vary a lot to a lot of the other bowlers, in terms of my bowling experience, I'm probably relatively junior. It was a, it was only seven years ago I was, you know, a barefoot bowler. So, you know, my pathway, you know, I've, I've had quite a broad experience, whether it's, you know, from a social bowler to a club bowler to, you know, cracking district, cracking straight, cracking the Australian. So in a short space of time, I think I've had like a pretty broad exposure to, you know, the different levels that our sport has. Now, tell us about and how you found bowls is actually fairly fascinating. So tell us about how you actually got into the sport because it wasn't sort of, uh, it wasn't how the everyday bowler does come to the sport. It's not, you know, I, I guess, you know, for people like Carla and, and Linny, they've come through the, the junior pathways, whereas I probably like to describe myself as the crackerjack pathway. <laughs> um, I, am, I am your quintessential Mick Malloy, but a lady <laughs> version, maybe a Judith Lucy. I probably have that yeah. sarcasm that she has. And so for me, it was it was that barefoot pathway. I discovered it through a Groupon where they were promising buckets of Coronas for ten bucks as long as you threw a ball down. So, <laughs> you know, like everyone, when I turned up for my bucket of Coronas, they probably told everyone, "Oh, you've got a little talent there, girl." You know, <laughs> and and it, it basically just rolled on from there. And you know, then I found myself on the social committee of the ladies' auxiliary organising the finest lace for lunch and. <laughs> Then ended up on a board uh, as a board of directors at, you know, Monavale Bowling Club, where the, the club was, you know, and still is primarily run by volunteers. And, and just that aspect alone, where I've had that understanding of, you know, some of the, you know, some of the barriers and the, the hurdles that some of the clubs experience that aren't as lucky as the bigger clubs, you know, it is a completely different ball game. And we do have a very, you know, big volunteer 
um, based on those clubs that I think sometimes, yeah, the bigger clubs don't necessarily understand it as well. Yep, and and also your career as on top of that as well. Uh, talk us through that because you're at Fire and Rescue New South Wales at the moment. Tell us about the role, and then you've also been a police officer. You've worked with Indigenous youth as well. So your journey has been a fascinating one, and you're a jackaroo to boot. So, as I said, jack of all trades. But and also, talk to us about the nickname, the Florist. <laughs> Well, it, I basically started off as a greenkeeper. I was a, I'm a qualified greenkeeper. I, you um, do everything. And so I, that, that's where I, I think I initially got my understanding of the, of the role of bowling greens because of my experience as a golfer and working as a greenkeeper. So from there, I, I joined the Clobberers, otherwise known as the, the Popo, and um, spent the best part of nine years there, finished up as a detective senior constable. And I guess one of the biggest lessons that I sort of learned, which again is a transferable skill set to the, the bowls board, is that you have to treat e- everyone equally. There are no favourites. You, you make decisions based on merit. And um, it, it's just one of those things where you are bound by policy and procedure and the actions that you do make and the decisions that you do make, you are very accountable for those decisions and I see the borders really being no different. Um, from there, I decided what the world looked like from the top end and found myself in Cape York Peninsula. Um, I went up there as a civilian and I wanted to have that experience of, I guess, learning learning more about our, you know, First Nations people and and doing it from a different side from when I was a police officer in Redfern. Um, I was only due to go up there for three months and left my phone at home and stayed there for a year and a half nearly. So I was literally without a mobile phone for a year and a half and I I loved the joint, you know. Um, English was a second language where I was. I learnt culture and I learned, you know, the things that we take for granted as white people as to, you know, how our First Nations people live and the problems that they experience that we as white people actually have absolutely no idea about. And I'm really passionate about that. And that's that's another thing that, you know, I think is really great with Bowles Estate Australia with their you know, equity and diversion, diver, diversity programs is is that is one area that they are, you know, really, you know, trying to get really heavily invested in. And I think it's great that they, you know, brought the likes of Kylie Whitehead along board to, to participate in those programs. Um, so, yeah, came back from Cape York Peninsula, uh, ended up getting accepted into the Ambos and the Fireys and quietly knew what the better gig was and ended up... <laughs> Sorry, Carla, the things that you put up with as a nurse, I just can't do it. I've, I've got a weak stomach. So. You won't see me putting out any fires. So, <laughs> Well, you won't see me doing the things you do as a nurse either, Dals. So, um, yeah, so I ended up in the fire brigade. I've been there for the best part of nine years and have just transitioned from having a little bit of time off the truck into operational communications, which is a whole new ball game. It's um, yeah, it's a big challenge. I don't understand how you're not like ninety or hundred. You seem to have done so much in your lifetime already. How how is it possible you've had that many careers? I can't figure it out. Well, I think, you know, I think with the things that I've done with my body over the course of time, you could probably ask my shoulders and knees that and I'll probably give the answer of a 90-year-old. 
Hey, Jen, just uh, quickly, you've got an amazing life already, but you're quite an um, excellent sportswoman in a few different areas. So can you tell us, or the viewers that don't know, obviously I've been fortunate enough to get to know you a little bit over our years. Um, tell us a little bit about your sporting background. Uh, well, look, I've played... I've, I've played for Australia in uh, soccer and rugby union. I went to two World Cups in 1998 and 2002. Um, and, yeah, as a soccer player in Australian schoolgirls, I did a tour of Argentina. Uh, still heavily, you know, played soccer, uh, played state-level golf, state-level AFL, uh, the same as, uh, yeah, rugby union, obviously, and now, and now bowls. But... It was always, it was funny, it was always like a dream of mine when I was a kid and it was to be a triple international. So I just got to get that cap under my belt and then I, I should be sweet. <laughs> then you can retire. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I was about to say that, Jen. You've um, unfortunately probably been the least lucky jackaroo ever. I mean, you missed, you were going to Hong Kong and that got cancelled. You're going to the UK for the indoor championships that got cancelled. I think there was another one in there, am I right? We got yeah. New Zealand in just. Let's we got New Zealand in. <laughs> I'm actually surprised I'm still in the Jackaroos because if you go on past form in terms of cancellations and postponements, I could be the boogeyman. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, it's probably just a blessing that I'm still there based on my prior form of cancellations. Battling away, trying to get a word in here again. Because, <laughs> He's uh, copying this, it. This is great. I've but, watched uh, Clive put his hand you, up three times. When you went along for your uh, for your your bucket of beers bowls, were you looking for a new sport at that stage? Because obviously you've got that wonderful sporting history that you just talked about. Were you looking for a new sport, or did bowls surprise you and, and sort of suddenly you were hooked? Oh, look! Apart from looking for a bucket of Coronas in the middle of summer, <laughs> I, I was I was funnily enough finding looking for a new sport. I blew my ankle out pretty badly, and um, with my work now, I didn't want to be a liability to my crew because for me, you know, like I've always really been interested and, and deeply connected to team sports and team events and, and even just team in my working life. And for me, when I was turning up battered and bruised, I was a liability to my team. And that's that's the worst thing for me. Like I, I no one sort of takes that accountability more personally than me. And so I needed a sport which was not going to bash me around like those 90-year-old limbs we spoke about earlier. And, you know, bowls, I do have that really competitive tick in me. I sucked at it at first and um, I wanted to get better at it. And I just have that thing in my personality where I just don't stop until I get to the point where I want to be. And, you know, in terms of my bowls, I, I still feel like I've got a hell of a lot of improvement left in me. Um, so, yeah, I haven't quite finished with that one yet. Well, that bodes very well for me because I'm shocking. And if I can get myself to a to a Genevieve Delves level, I reckon <laughs> I reckon I'll be pretty happy. But um, talk to us about how you juggle the careers because it's fairly um, the bowls demands are fairly extensive, and then um, and then also the fire and rescue New South Wales job that can be pretty stressful at times, I'd imagine. Well, that's where the florist comes into it, yes. Val. Um, I got I got the nickname the florist from my inspector because in terms of my work he seems to think I make my own arrangements and um, <laughs> <laughs> lovely. You know, even when I speak to my inspector when I'm asking for leave or you know changing around my leave because you know like our timetables timetables have been changed around a fair bit he actually 
he calls me the florist. It's not Jen anymore. He calls me the florist, but it's all done very affectionately. And I'm, <laughs> I'm very lucky to be in a, you know, in a career where they're very supportive of, you know, what I want to achieve in sport. And, yeah, I, I can't speak highly enough of, you know, the organisation I work for and, you know, any of the young bowlers who are looking for a career outside of bowls. I, I can't talk it up enough. And if they wanted to talk to me about it, I'm more than happy to speak to them. Jen, talking of nicknames, I'm uh, personally pretty happy you're in a Jackaroos squad because you've taken the title of Nana in the, oh the female Jackaroos as the oldest female. I am the second oldest. Thanks, mate. Hang in there a bit longer. <laughs> um, but just quickly, uh, you know, it has been tricky with COVID. We haven't been able to get together um, as a Jackaroos squad. We did travel together to New Zealand oh, going back a couple of years ago now. And, and how did you find that first experience? You were there as an emerging Jackaroo pair in Burnside, um, really getting to know each other better as teammates which um, obviously translates into successful times on the green. Tell us what you enjoyed about that and what you're uh, looking forward to hopefully next year when we can all get back together. If nothing else, it, it probably ignited my, you know, my, my need to get better at it. Um, I think I was having that little bit of a touch of what happened, you know, like over in Burnside, that experience was, you know, something that I think really did give me more direction of where I wanted to go with the sport. And, for me, that was just a little bit of a taster and, you know, I want to be like you when I grow up, Lenny, like you wear these black <laughs> shirts. And when I saw you, you know, being, you know, one of the senior members over there as a jackaroo at Burnside, I, I wanted to be like Lenny. Oh, I didn't, is, I didn't even pay you to say that. Thanks, mate. That's brilliant. Well, not yet. I'll hit you up later. I was going to say, the check will probably come in the mail. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, Jen, I want to ask before we do let you go, is there something that you're not good at? Because you're making us all feel very <laughs> inadequate right now. Um, yeah. So is there anything that you can't do? Uh, Don't say no. Look, Come there's on. plenty of things I can't do, but there's there's nothing I won't try. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Can I sneak one more question in? What made it motivates you to keep, uh, you know, on your path of challenge, like challenging yourself with different different careers or different sports? What is there something inside, like obviously you just talked about, you know, wanting to be at the best or achieve, you know, your international trifecta careers, but what motivates you in general, I guess? I think the answer to that, Lenny, is that I just, I'm a curious kid. I always have been. I think, you know, as Carla would sometimes, you know, come across people in her line of work, you know, like although you may have a, a, an older head, it's it's your state of mind, you know. Like I'm, I might be the nana of the team, but I can pretty much guarantee when it comes to emotional maturity, sometimes <laughs> I I'm probably sitting well below a lot of other people. But for me, it's a here. state of yeah. For me, it's a state of mind, and I love keeping busy. And I've just never felt like I would ever let you know anything get in my way of something that I want to try, regardless of whether it's my age or my gender, I, I just don't see barriers. And I and that's one thing that I'd really love to, see, you know, try and promote, especially, you know, with all our, you know, young bowlers, is that there are no barriers. If you want to do something, it's not necessarily going to get handed to you. You may have to work for it, but there are no barriers. You can do it. Jen, love it. you are an amazing human being with everything that you've done, uh, the work that you do in bowls, but outside of bowls as well. Um, you're someone that every, you look up to Lindsay, but we all look up to you with what you've been able to do um, in your career. And we can't wait to see what you do with the Bowls Australia board. You're an inspiration. And thank you very much for joining us on The Right Line today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, guys.
Genevieve Delves joining us there on the right line. She can literally do anything. I do feel inadequate, so I am going to throw to a break because I need to kind of cool off and just rethink myself and rethink my actions before we do come to the quiz because uh, I need to get myself uh, fired up. Clive has prepared one for this week. Can't wait to see what he's come up with. Stay tuned on the right line. The sports preeminent event is heading to the Gold Coast in 2023. With more than 35 nations expected to descend on the region for the World Bowls Championships, courtesy of support from Principal Partners Tourism and Events Queensland and Major Events Gold Coast. This is the Right Line Bowls, Australia's official podcast. Val Ferbo, Clive Adams, Lindsay Clark and Carla Krasanik joining you to talk all things bowls. We had Jen Delves on in the last seg. Big thank you to her for joining us again. But it is time for our fun-filled segment three, which we all love every week, even though I don't win it ever. Um, but <laughs> I hope to do so today because Clive is running this week's quiz. What have you come up with, Clive Adams? Well, summertime is knocking, Val, so I thought, what better than a summer-based quiz? So it's a bit of Aussie, a bit of summer stuff uh, to test you to see uh, see what we know about right. – uh, about, I mean, it's it's hot over here in WA. I'm, I'm hearing it's not so much over on the, on the <laughs> east coast, but it's hot over here. So I'm in uh, I'm in summer mode. Well, we've got that La Nina thing. That that what is it? The warning of the severe weather and rain warning. It doesn't sound dangerous at all. It goes from like terrible to like real alert, and then La Nina. It just sounds exciting. Right. Rather, than, yeah, I, I don't that. know where they've yeah. where they've come up with it, but it kind of it sounds great. But it's not. I had to Google it the other night because I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty right. torrential downpour we, or something. Yeah, let's we keep get going. into our summertime quiz. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes, we shall. So some of the questions are going to require your oh. name as a buzzer. I'll let you know as we go. Yes. And, of course, we encourage everyone to play along at home. Yes, we do. Before we start, so the standings, Clive, you're on six points. Carla and Lynn's on three and then me on two. Yeah. Outstanding. All right. Well, <laughs> it's a chance for everyone to catch up. All right. So, question one. Here we go. All right. This one is a buzzer question, so you'll need to buzz in with your name. Okay. How many days make up an Australian summer? How many days of summer do we get? Lindsay. Lindsay. What? Lindsay was first. Um, That would be 92. No, not 92. Val, 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 Val. Val. Uh, that would be well. It depends on which. Like, is it a normal summer it's or not a leap year? Leap it's year. not a leap year. Okay, so no. a normal summer that would be ninety. Ninety is correct. <laughs> so thirty-one days in each of December and January. That's sixty-two plus twenty-eight in February brings us oh, to ninety. No. <laughs> <laughs> I better go back to school. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's a point to Val there. All right. I, I don't so, want to. I don't want to alarm anyone. But I was counting November, December, January. <laughs> <laughs> Still spring, mate. <laughs> uh, oh, all right, of course, just boy. for anyone out there that's wondering, December, uh, December the first is the first day of summer. All right. <laughs> oh, this is going so well for me already. All right, we know that when when we know that Australian Test cricket has been in the in the news. So um, now this one we'll we'll all have a go at this one because I want you to name the last three men that have captained the Australian cricket team. All right, uh, can I? I'll give a point for each one. Okay, um, the last three men. I'll go. Yep. Tim Payne. This, yeah. Is this the is this the test team? Yes, the test team. Okay. Tim Payne, Steve Smith, and Michael Clark. Okay, they're your answers. Okay, yep. And 
Who wants to go next, Linz? I would like to echo Val's answer. Those three? <laughs> yes, okay. please. Yep. I'm very glad that those two went first because cricket is the one sport I do not follow <laughs> at all. But I definitely do know the Tim Payne one because it's obviously been all over yes. the news. And I'm going to obviously echo what they've both said. Okay. Well, you, you can all have two points because you've got two oh, correct. But it's Tim Payne, Steve Smith, and Shane Watson is the third answer. He captained one. He captained one test match. Yes, but he, I know. No, he captained that in India in 2013. But Michael Clark came back and captained afterwards. So. Ooh, there's a ooh, controversy. Yes, that ah, is that's right, an interesting Val, one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's no, why, you've got me on a technicality. <laughs> you got me on a technicality then. Okay. No. All right. Well, I'll, 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 award, all. I'll award yeah, all points. Guys. Point was, I never knew Shane Watson even captained a team. Yeah, match, no, so he, um, yeah, it was after the homework gate with Mickey Arthur. So he got suspended for one and then ended up coming back and um, captaining the next test because Clark got injured. So, Clark. Clark. While we're, while, while, while yeah. we're yeah. on the topic, I thought you said Clive. Who's no, going to be Clark. the next captain? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think it's going to be Smith. You think he'll come back? Yeah, I reckon he might. I, I have a feeling because they never give it to a bowler, so I don't think it's going to be Cummins. But look, well, the problem with the bowler is he has to rest, so then yeah. you have to have mm. a captain to take mm. that spot. But yep. anyway, that's for that's for the cricket podcast. Let's yep. uh, let's keep <laughs> moving. You right. could also call that In, the right line. So currently we've got Val. I'll give three points to everyone on that on a technicality. So uh, Val's on four points. Lindsay and Carla both on three. High high point scoring uh, games. I should have gone last so, on that last one. All right, we can each have a go at this one. In which state was Australia's highest ever recorded temperature recorded? Are we all having a go? You can all have a go at this. In which state was Australia's highest ever recorded temperature? And I can tell you it was in 1909. I'm going to go with South Australia. Okay. I'll take Northern Territory. I'll go WA. <laughs> Surely we <really>. Well. <laughs> You are all Queensland. Wrong. Queensland. No. I bet you it was Queensland. The answer is New South Wales. Oh, so uh-huh. it's a little bit controversial, but it's uh, oh. it's Burke. <laughs> it's Burke that recorded fifty one point seven uh, in nineteen oh nine. It's the beginning of January in nineteen oh nine, and there's a little bit of an argument as to whether that was an accurate recording or not. But they've had a nearby recording that was fifty point six, so they they doubted whether they'd recorded that initially correct. But fifty one point seven in wow. Burke in New South Wales. Wow. All right, so no points to anyone. That that makes a point to me actually. Oh yeah. come right. on. Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right. Could have done seven last week. All right, so that's uh, three questions down. We've got we've got uh, six to go. All right, um, let's go with this one. You can each have a guess. Approximately how many beaches are there in Australia? We were talking about the beaches um, before, and uh, how many uh, how many beaches are there in Australia? And this is according to uh, Brad Farmer, uh, who published a list of the 101 best beaches in Australia. Well, we know there's more than 101, so that's good. <laughs> so we'll go to the closest thousand. Oh, God. Wow. Really? I, I'll have a go with 3,333. Okay. All right. All right. Val? Very specific. Uh, <laughs> 3,949. Okay. I'm going to go like 7,000. I'm sure there's got to be more. 
All right, so I've got to give the point to Carla because she's closest. <sighs> but the yes. actual number, and, and again, this varies, but Brad Farmer says it's 11,761 beaches wow. in Australia. There you go. It kind of so, makes sense. Look, it kind of makes sense. If you visit one every day, it would take you 27 years to visit each wow. one of them. Because there's also lake beaches as well. and They're everywhere. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right, little, let's talk. That's a good little fact. I might keep that in my back pocket for a trivia mm-hmm. night. Yep. Cool. So, yeah, you can go with 12,000 if you like. But, uh, yep. yeah, 11,761 beaches. All right, so that's a point to Carla. All right, uh, we'll buzz in on this one. Um, in a hot summer in Australia, what are the five S's to protect yourself? Lindsay. Carla. Oh. Lindsay's first. Uh oh. <laughs> I love positive first without knowing the answer. Slip, <laughs> slop, slap. And? Slip, slop, slip, slop, slap, slap. <laughs> I think I went to primary school when there's only three. <laughs> so did I. I was about to say the same thing. Slip on a shirt, slop on a something. Slop on some sunscreen. Yeah. Slap on a hat. Yep. Something to do with your eyes. Is it yeah. sunglasses, sunny sun, and maybe also <laughs> put on a rash. <laughs> oh, yes. Slip. Sip. There's new ones. Mm. Sip. Sip. Lindsay, your kids are in primary school. Surely you know the new oh, ones. Yeah, she, yeah. Ken's will get. She'll be very disappointed in mummy tonight when I Look tell her. Look at this. None Sorry, of I know. just got slip, slop, slap, and a sip and a okay. sunglasses. Okay. So we slip, slop, slap are correct. With Sid okay, the okay. seagull. Sid the seagull. I could almost give you a bonus point for that, Val. Yeah, I'll give you that one. I'll give you a bonus. <gasps> yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you. What's Sid the Carla, seagull? you got any more? Yeah, anymore. No, I, I know that I learnt recently there was an extra two, but um, apart from I know there's sunglasses, but I'm not sure what you do what with that. Them? Yeah, <laughs> shove them on. <laughs> shove. <laughs> you slide on your sunglasses. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you seek shade. Seek shade. Uh, and so shade. let's just um, go back. But how come Val got a point for saying that? Because Sid the yeah. Seagull is their uh, is their mascot, if you like. So uh, I'm ha- I'm happy to give a no. I'm happy to give a bonus point. I'm happy to give a bonus point. I'm the judge here. All right. So no questions. So no, they should have an I'm extra one. Sip on your drink. I think it's because I'm no no threat to Clive in the uh, in the standings. I actually either. don't mind that. Sip on some water. I reckon no. that would be a that would be a good one. I didn't say so we'll... water. No. <laughs> Number no, six. I definitely meant water. <laughs> Could be water. We encourage BA's right. partnered with Drinkwise. You won't miss a moment if you drink wise. <laughs> we'll go with a buzzer to determine the order of guessing here. I'm not sure how I pointed points to that last one, but uh, we'll, we've given Val a bonus point. On what day of the week does Christmas Day fall this year? Val. Yes, Val? On a Friday. Okay. Anybody else want to have a go? Lindsay. Yeah? Friday. Friday. Hey, Carl, Val? are you looking at a calendar there? <laughs> <laughs> she looked up. Do you know, I'm due on the 27th, but I don't know what day of the week that is. <laughs> uh, Saturday? Carla gets a point. It is oh, Saturday. Please, no. no. Christmas. I say that with so much conviction. No, because yeah. Christmas Eve is a Friday. Uh, that probably would tell you that Christmas Day is a Saturday, uh, yeah. Val. Yeah. Mm. Um, it is. Not, I remember now. I knew one of them. was. <laughs> it was a Friday or a Saturday. 
All right, we're three questions. I'm losing a lot of re respect points here in this quiz, Val. <laughs> three, three questions to go. Carla's on five points. Val's on five points. Lindsay's on three, and I'm on one. All right. So Clive can't win. Uh, which Australian Prime Minister, this is a buzzer question, which Australian Prime Minister was famously photographed in a pair of budgie smugglers? Val. Carla. Yes, Tony Val. Abbott. Tony Abbott is correct. Well done. Val's name's shorter. It's easier to say. <laughs> All right, our last two questions are about rainfall. I thought I'd go the exact opposite. We've still got some rain on the East Coast. So in 2020, which Australian state or territory recorded the lowest average rainfall? Val. Are, we, Val? are we buzzing in or is this a... Oh, we can all have a go. We can all oh, have okay, a go. Okay, all right. Um, I'll, guess, I'll guess Queensland. Queensland, okay. I'll guess South Australia. Right. I was also going to go South Australia. I thought you can go. Yeah, you can go <clears throat> South Australia, and you would right, be though? correct. Oh, just ah, I was so a point me. each to cut. Was this lowest <laughs> lowest average rainfall? This is. Did I say lowest? Okay, I yeah, missed. Lowest. I wasn't listening properly. I went for highest. Oh no, it's definitely rainfall, lowest. Val? <laughs> yes. Yep. No, that was my. Yep, that was bad. Right, Linda's calling me a loser, but with the wrong hand. Question. <clears throat> Are we Last buzzing question. in for this one? No, you can all have a go at this, true or false. Okay. Perth's average annual rainfall is higher than Melbourne. True or false? Mm. Oh, this is... I'll, I'll have a go at true. You'll have a go at true, Lindsay? Okay. Yes, please. What, so, Perth's, so Perth's is higher Yes. Is that what you're saying? You get more rain. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Is that true or false? Definitely not right now. <laughs> I reckon I reckon that's false. You reckon it's false? Carla? Oh, I don't know if it's a trick one or not. <laughs> I'm going to go with false. You're going to go with false. In fact, it's Perth's true. average rainfall is higher than Melbourne. It's interesting, isn't it? Melbourne gets, uh, gets the... the the bum deal a bit there with uh, with the rainfall. It's 663 mils for Melbourne and uh, 733 for Perth um, wow. average rainfall. So that means I've got to give a point to Lindsay. Have we but all it means tied? that we have a draw. We all have a draw. Ooh. <laughs> between Carla and Val. Draws are allowed. That's a point oh, each okay. for, for them in the overall tally. All right, I thought we all awesome. tied then. Linz was on. Linz was very close in the end, wasn't she? No, Linz is one point behind. Yeah. So uh, six points to Carla and Val, uh, only the five to Lindsay and, and one for me. You got lucky, Val, because you got the bonus point for Sid yeah. the Seagull, which wasn't even a question. I yeah. love Sid. What a man. <laughs> I got so slap, slap, slap. Had, <laughs> Yes, hopefully everyone's had a bit of fun with that and uh, take some of those questions back to your club and see how many can answer. See how many can get the five, slip, slop, slap, seek and slide. And the bonus one. Well, and with Sid the Seagull. <laughs> yeah. He will steal he he will try and steal your chips. Um that was a bit of a dad joke there. That was that was, a dad that was joke. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I, I should be reprimanded for that. Um but that is all we have time for on the right line today. Big thank you to Bob Borman and Genevieve Dells for joining us on the show. It was an absolute pleasure to talk about their journeys and their passion for bowls, which is um which you can plainly see that they have an abundance of. It's it's awesome and it's amazing that the board is um the board has such great people on it and um yeah, and Jen Jen as well. Just an amazing career. The Jack of all trades, we 
delved, as Clive said, uh, into into her journey very nicely. And that was very, very nicely done by you, Clive. And thank you for your efforts today and a great quiz as well. Yeah, it's a brilliant show again. Um, really, really fascinating. A uh, couple of the stories there, both Bob's uh, Bob's journey and, and Jen. I mean, uh, just a star. Mm. Exactly right. And if you do want to call Bob, just ring him, apparently. He uh, <laughs> yes. he wants to hear from you. Uh, Lindsay Clark, thank you for your efforts today. Um, not as many bloopers from you this week, so a um, bit disappointed. <laughs> Thanks, Val. We don't count the, my quiz answers as bloopers, so... <laughs> No, it's all good. Another great show as always. Uh, hopefully everyone um, stays out of the rain on the East Coast and be careful in the heat <laughs> over on the West Clive. Apparently a, a big uh, heat wave coming over for the Pennant players warm. this weekend. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Seems like it. And we remember slip, slop, slap, slide and seek when you're in Perth this weekend. I will remember that. And uh, Carla Krasanik, it was great to actually see you in person today. We did uh, we did a little bit of filming here at, uh, at Club Sunbury, but it was great. Hopefully we can actually see each other again very soon. But uh, great to share the victory with you and, uh, and get another point added to our quiz tallies. And thanks for your efforts today. Yes, I am super excited to have a point added to my quiz tally. And yeah, it was great <laughs> being down at Club Sunbury today and seeing all the bowlers on the green and um, the excitement that bowls is back in Victoria. Woohoo! I know, it is absolutely brilliant. It has been, uh, it's been a great show. Clive Adams, Carla Krasanik, Lindsay Clark and Val Ferbo here joining you on the right line. We'll catch you next week.